It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to A Man's Journey Through Divorce, where we talk about real divorce challenges and share practical tools to help you move not only through divorce, but beyond. I'm your host, Steve Schlupner, owner of Utree, and I want to thank you once again for taking some time to listen in. As you hear, I, pro- I have a head cold. I got COVID just last week and have been battling through that, but I wanted to continue with my messaging. So I'm here to deliver a podcast on why the hell would you get married again? And I'm doing it because this Saturday, and thankfully I got COVID now, um, and I'm on the tail end of that, but this Saturday I am getting married for the second time, and her name's Samantha. And the invariable response I get when a divorced man hears this news is, why the hell Would you do that? So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about why I would do that. But before I dive in, you know my mission is to get you on the best possible path to the outcome that you can achieve. And irrespective, if your divorce is amicable or contentious, there is a focus on your path and there is something that can improve along the way. And it's your path. It's not my path. So I ask you to take the divorce suckiness assessment. It's located on my website, www.utreecoaching.com. Go through and see how you stand. You're going to get a nine-page report. Uh, It's going to highlight different areas of how your divorce might be costing you not only money, but time, energy, and health. And these are all the resources that you need to rebound and get yourself going so you can move beyond your situ- situation now onto the outcome that you want. So go to my webpage, www.utreecoaching.com and take the assessment. While you're there, uh, check out 
Spirit Poems, which is a book I released. It's a series of poems that uh, came to me as I journaled and worked through some of the issues I was having with my, my transition uh, and actually personal transformation that encompassed my entire life from the point I was a child all the way to where I am now as a 50-some-year-old man. So check it out. Uh, you can find the book on Amazon if you'd like to purchase it. I'm still waiting for the Kindle version to get approved, but you can certainly get a hard copy. So let's dive in. On a prior podcast, I told a story of this stained glass artwork, <clears throat> excuse me, and how I had assigned meaning to it. So briefly to catch you up on the story, uh, my ex-wife and I used to always walk down Church Street in Burlington. We'd go past this art, art store, and they had these really cool stained glass uh, kind of framed hangings that uh, you could put in. And, and I had bought her one for Christmas, and she was surprised, and we hung it in our bay window. And when uh, our divorce came, I had given her permission to take whatever she wanted from the house since I was keeping the house. And she didn't take that many things, and she left the stained glass artwork on the window. And at first, I would look at this, and it would drive me a, a bit crazy. And, uh, and then I kind of assigned myself a challenge that I was going to leave that artwork hanging there. And when I could look at it and recognize it as what it is, which is this pretty cool piece of artwork, then I know I would know that my transition from this divorce was proceeding the right way because I didn't want to assign meaning to the stained glass artwork. It's just artwork. But I was giving it meaning. And it was meaning, the meanings were derived all the way down to the point where I had given it to her for Christmas. And so every time I would look at it initially, the meaning would pop up and it would remind me of the divorce and what we were losing and the broken vows and all the other hurt. Now, I could have taken it down at that time as a way to suppress and hide from some of the challenges, but I left it hang there. Now, this idea of meaning is very important to understand because meaning happens across many different planes in our life. So when I look back to my divorce, I can assign meanings across the board. I can look and look at marriage and especially my first marriage and derive meaning of marriage from the nature of the marriage that I went through first. I can also look across the landscape of divorce at all of your situations, the challenges, the heartaches, the broken vows, and I can use all of your stories and your situations to support my meaning of divorce and the meanings that go with the marriage that wasn't working. Now, I, wanted, I want to avoid that. That's part of the reason why um, I am getting married. It's part of it. It's not all of it. 
but I don't want my divorce or my marriage or your marriage to define the institution of what I should and shouldn't do with my life. So the work that I've gone through to heal from my divorce and not only my divorce, but going back to uh, the issues that were resident in my parents' divorce has been a long process of bringing grace to relationships and relationships that weren't working. Now, it's hard to reach a point where you can bring grace in its simplest form to a relationship. And you can look at something that has caused you hurt and anger and bitterness and unforgiveness and all the other things that could be anchoring you to the pain body of the divorce or the situation that you're going through. It's hard to bring grace to that, but when you can bring grace to it, it's very liberating. It's very freeing. Now, there's, there's nothing wrong with recognizing that there are a lot of imperfections. There's imperfections across the board. So when I look at the imperfections, I take the approach of, I'm try, I tried to do the best I could in my marriage given the limited consciousness that I had. So it's the limited uh, consciousness based on my view of the world at that time. Based on the history that I had at that time based on the core beliefs that were driving a lot of the way I lived and the experience, <coughs> excuse me, and the experiences that I had. And it's also taking the view of this is the way that my ex also approached the marriage. She was doing the best she could at that time, giving her view of the world, her experiences, her core beliefs. And it goes all the way back to my parents, given their view of the world, their experiences, their beliefs. You know, both, both, well, everybody, I, I believe most people are getting married at a, a very young age. And we, we have this short window of time in adulthood that we're using as the catalyst to really drive the way we approach our marriage. So I'm looking at that with grace because there was a lot of imperfections there. Now I can look at my divorce and I can assign it meaning, which is what I have done. I have done this uh, different periods in the past. I assigned it meanings of disaster. I assigned meanings that tied to wrecking my family and my finances and my health and my emotional state. I can assign meanings towards women or towards my ability to be affectionate or partner in the right way in a relationship. 
I can adi- I can identify flaws on many levels. But the way I look at it is I'm not stepping into the imperfections if I continue to live and allow those meanings to govern my life. It goes all the way back to the same concept of the stained glass. If I would have waken up every day and looked at that stained glass and had it bring up memories of the time that we were walking down the street together in Burlington and all those things of, geez, how could she have left me? And why did she do this? And how come our marriage wasn't working or our marriage was a disaster or, you know, she manipulated and lied to me or whatever meaning that I wanted to, to place to that. I could have certainly woken up every day and looked at that stained glass and cast out all those meanings. Or I could have just hidden the thing and still wake, waking up every day and cast out all those meanings. But I was intent on making sure that I could look at that stained glass just with an open eye to see it as what it truthfully is, which is a piece of artwork. It could hang in somebody else's bay window and be a piece of artwork. So why couldn't it hang in mine? Now the same holds true with my marriage. I could go through every morning of my life and look at marriage and say, geez, the system, the institution of marriage just isn't fair. As a man, I'm going to get dicked over. As a man, she is going to be able to pull the escape hatch on the marriage and walk away at best with 50%, or excuse me, at worst with 50%. I could say that women are so imperfect that they're going to expect so much from me as a man and my ability to partner. And maybe I don't have the goods for that. I could, do, I could do a lot of that. But at some point in my life, just like the stained glass window, I wanted to wake up and put my feet on the ground and focus on this point forward. Now, you might call it ignorant to say, geez, well, if you don't remember the past and what happened, then you could be a fool going this point forward. Maybe. I'll explain that in a second. Now, we can go through life avoiding imperfect, imperfect situations. And we do that because we don't feel as if we're in control. So things that you don't feel that you can control, right, we tend to avoid. Sometimes we tend to control them, but if we realize that we can't control them, oftentimes we will try to avoid them in imperfect situations that we can't control. Sometimes like whether or not we get into a marriage again and it will produce a a successful outcome is something that we may not want to 
face, so we don't even try to face it. So we have this innate desire to control the rise of imperfection. But can you? Can you really control the imperfect nature? Now, there's a spiritual paradox. And we talk, I've talked before about spiritual paradoxes or paradoxi. I don't even know what the proper language is there. But a paradox is often something that happens in the reverse, something that goes against our intuitive nature as it works to correct a thought cycle or a thought system that wasn't serving us. So a paradox would be to slow down the speed up or to add to your life, subtract things away. To have less is actually having more, more freedom, for example. It's it's less binding when you have less. Therefore, you get more freedom. There's lots of spiritual paradoxes. I even talked about one called the paradox of transcending. Giving up your money so you can reclaim joy, energy, health, and time. That ultimately allows you to be the foundation to build more money. Well, there's another spiritual paradox called the perfection is in the imperfection. And we go through life and we try to avoid the imperfections. But when we do that, we're trying to avoid the opportunities for us to become more perfect people. I said more perfect, not perfect. So I'm marrying a strong-willed woman. She is strong-willed, right? She has will uh, that doesn't compare to anything I've seen before. Like, if you tell her that she can't do it, uh, if you tell her um, she's going to fail, you, you just I, I just love those situations because I like to sit back and watch her because she's just going to dig into her will and, uh, and the, the, the beauty that comes from that is inspiring to me. And she also has this very unique ability to have that will, but then be selfless in her ability to partner, which I find is a very unique situation. A lot of times you'll come across people that have very strong will and their will is dominant to the point of selfishness. I think it's a beautiful combination to have strong will with selfless partnership. These are some of the things that really attract me to this person. Now, when I come across someone like this, I know I certainly cannot control her. I can't control the direction of our relationship. I can't control any of that. So people would say, well, then Steve, why the hell would you get married again? It's because I don't want to control it. You see, when I went through 
and I had the stained glass window or the artwork hanging in the window, I knew I couldn't control the direction of my life at that point either. And that's when I started to really practice these three core tenets of Stoic philosophy. And this is the stuff that this whole podcast series is really built off of. It's the foundation. And those three core tenets are to have the right perception of situations, then to bring your best course of action forward from your your love self or your highest self, and then to realize you can only control those things that are within your control. So as I work to transition through the death of myself and the archetype that I had as I viewed my marriage, as I was ending the marriage, and I viewed myself and my self-worth and all these other things that I was working through, and then the toxic dance evolution that continued after the marriage, and I practiced having right perception, seeing things from a positive thought arrow instead of a negative thought arrow, seeing things as a challenge rather than a persecution. As I could see those things properly, then I was able to bring my best self, my highest self, in the form of acceptance and wisdom and love to the situation. It started to quelch all that toxicity. It started to allow me to bring grace into that situation. And then there were times when situations would come up that even when I would bring my best self and try to perceive it properly, I couldn't control what was happening on the other end of the line. And then I would practice surrender and releasing that control. So you ask me, why the hell would I get married again? The answer is very simple. Because I've developed a practice that actually equips me so that when Samantha and I do have a challenge, and we will, and we've had many, that I can step back and fall into my practice. How can I see this from the positive light? How could I see this as an opportunity to further strengthen our ability to partner and be a union rather than a persecution of what she's doing to me? And there are things that will happen in her life and even in my life, in our pursuits of our passions that are outside of our control. And how can I allow her, myself, to surrender to some of the things that she's going through so that she can find her own path and how can I surrender to the point where I can just support her? You see, the things that, the, 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 it's like, it's like if you look at a, a tree that fell down and is decaying in the woods. Is it dead? Is that tree dead? Or is it really starting a new life in a different form? So when I look at my divorce, well, is my ability 
for the divorce since the divorce is over and the things that I practice and the things that I'm learning. When the divorce happened and it fell on the ground and my, my previous marriage fell on the ground and it felt like it was decaying and rotting and dying and me with it, is it dead? Or did it give me the opportunity to start to bring in new life? And I believe it's the latter. It's when we sit back and we embrace the divorce and look at the things that caused that tree to fall on the ground to say, okay, it's on the ground. I'm going to look at these, these causes and I'm going to use these causes to build a new life. That's why I am able to go through and get married again. That's why I want to do it. Is there a guarantee? No. But I feel that I have the tools within me so that this relationship and the journey that I'm heading on is much more uh, set up for success than the one that I just took on from more of an immature age in a, an immature relationship level. So when you hear people suppress the idea of marriage, and when I hear people do it, this is what I think. I think that they, they're arguing not to embrace the full opportunity at hand. I think they haven't practiced the importance of taking 100% responsibility for the role that they played in the marriage, and instead they're still deflecting blame in some way by saying, I would never get married again. In that message is still a layer of blame that says, the marriage wasn't 100% my, or the divorce wasn't 100% my fault. They haven't reached that. They haven't accepted that the marriage was just not working. Instead, they might look at it as it's broken or, or failed. And they actually haven't shined a light on their shadow self so they're not able to recognize some of the faults that they had. They're trying to bring the meaning of their first relationship, their first marriage or their last marriage, forward. They're bringing it in through fear. And as Wayne Dyer said, fear is false evidence appearing real. So therefore, when there's an opportunity for a relationship, we bring our former relationships all the way up and they have the history and the illusion that we had in our mind about, about them and it's false evidence appearing real as if it's going to occur next. And that is allowing the past to have power over you and it drives the actions now. And it's a cord all the way back to your, re, your prior relationship. The pain body with it. It's a control. It's something that's stepping in and controlling the meanings that you have so that you can't see that stained glass hanging in the bay window just as art. 
Now, I'm getting married to Samantha because I want to get married. We are uh, in the midst of a lot of changes right now. First off, I'm going to uh, Acadia National Park, one of our favorite spots. We're getting married on top of Cadillac Mountain in the afternoon. Have a small gathering of about 18 people that will be there. Uh, I picked Cadillac Mountain because it's symbolic. It's the first spot in the United States that sun shines on each day. And it's going to be a fresh start. And not only that, I have sold my house. Um, I'm going to be relocating from Vermont back to my hometown in Maryland. Uh, There's lots of reasons for that. Uh, And I'm not going to share all those with you. And through this process of the last month since I've sold my house, we have pretty much purged so much stuff. Uh, I just purged it. Uh, I've lightened the load. I don't want to transition moving a lot of stuff halfway across the country again like I did before. And we have a, a house that we're in the final stages of a contract on. Well, we have the contract. We just need to do the inspection and nothing major happens. It's ours. And we're looking forward to a completely fresh start. And that's what I want to do. I want to have a complete fresh start with this person with no tie, no anchor to the past that pulls me back. And I'm excited about it. So with that, over the next few weeks, um, I'm not going to be cutting the podcast. We have a lot going on. So just bear with me. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how to approach and get through divorce under this new unfamiliar path model that I have rather than through this traditional path. I want to thank you once again for taking time to listen in. Sure to head over to my website, www.utreecoaching.com. Take the or suckiness assessment. If you feel inclined, click the link to my book. Head over to Amazon. There, you never know, there might be one poem in there that shifts the course of your life. Who knows? <laughs>